Welcome to the Destiny Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this sermon by Justin Box. Let's welcome Justin as he comes up this morning. Hey, so good. So we went away for a few days. It's been full on. It's good to be self-aware, to be able to go, ah, I need a break. And then we all got sick. So it's fun, isn't it? It always happens. You go so hard and then you... Well, I'm not saying that always happens, but often it can happen. You go, you're going so hard, you don't look after yourself. Then you go away and stop, and then it's like, Bleh! so it was challenging. Um, you go away for holiday, and Jude's up for my, every night. So Lee did well as I was in the spare room. Um, just kidding. I was there the whole time in the trenches. It was amazing. Um, but it's good because you get to comfort him and also pray for him at the same time. Um, but one day that. Lee came back for work on the Thursday, and Lee shared a little bit before, but we went down um, to San Remo and, and just played with the kids, we tried to get Jude to sleep in the car. He normally sleeps awesome, but he, uh, he was struggling, so put him in the car, and we went for a drive, and, and uh, we went back, and we had to buy some groceries, so I went in, and as I walked in, there was a lady like doing this, and um, she was grimacing, and that's, that's clear that there's something going on. And um, we've seen too much, amen? We've seen too much to um, allow that thought to slip. Now, 100% of the time, do I pray for people in that situation? No, because fear, unbelief and pride are the three factors that will come against those thoughts. Um, they're very real things and, and I'm growing, but they're still very real all the time um, that I have to deal with um, for multiple reasons. Um, do I believe that he's really good? Do I believe that he's going to heal? Do I believe that he wants to heal? Is it Russian roulette? Is it a sovereign thing? Like all these lies and weird stuff that we've just got in our mindset and belief that we've got to constantly be challenging. Um, and then what are they going to think of me if he doesn't do anything, which is a result of not believing in his goodness? And okay, so that doesn't happen. And then what are they going to think of me? And uh, am I going to wait for the safest opportunity? Am I going to pick the safest demographic to pray for? Or am I, am I going to be open and be obedient to his voice? Because he's always speaking. So that's all happening all the time, those thoughts. Even when you've got two kids pushing and Bella's walking and we're, we've got a list to do when we go in there, but that's there. So I go off and you, we've got to live and we've got to do stuff. So we can't just live there the whole time with just like thinking. But that's all happening while I'm trying to get some yogurt and some ice creams and whatever else we bought. Um, and then when I came back, I didn't, I, I've sometimes done this, like if they are here, then I'll pray. Like I, I've done that a couple of times. It's, it's, it's noble and it's okay, but it's, that can get super weird, like where... We're putting it on, we get into a space where we only pray for people if we're led by the Lord. Like if, we only approach someone if we feel led. And I tell you what, I'm challenged by this thought. Someone asked Todd White that question. They said, how do you know which person to pray for? And he goes, oh, that's easy. I just think about the, like everyone that Jesus died for, that he didn't die for, and I don't go up to those people. <laughs> 
So it's like, okay, so it's open slather, the kingdom's green light, every person's a candidate for healing, for breakthrough, for salvation, for an encounter with God. Of course, there's going to be heightened moments. Of course, there's going to be times where the grace is higher and he's right on and it's like, it feels like the stars have lined up, if you know what I mean. It feels like heaven's just shouting and something significant's happening. Of course, there's those times, but often it's just the mundane, it's just the normal, it's just the us going through life, got all our list of stuff that we're going through, all the stuff that we're believing for and we're just doing shopping and he wants to speak. And that's life. Like that, that's life. This isn't life. <laughs> like Sunday morning for two hours as Christians isn't life. It's a tiny part of our week. And I'm, it's really important to come and be involved and to celebrate and come together and join and encourage each other and share testimonies and, and, and spur each other on. But I tell you what, my, my focus is not this morning. It's a massive part of it, and I take it seriously, my role, but, but my mindset is growing more and more about the day-to-day and the week-to-week with the people in this church and how they're actually going with living out what they believe. So that's all happening while we're in the shops. And, 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 I, and I went up to the register, and she just happened to take over the register that I was in. And I'm like, okay, awesome. That could be a sign, or it could just be normal that she was taking over. Um, so she was there and I, there was a guy behind me and I said, hey, um, you got back pain. Again, wasn't a word of knowledge. That happens often, but this, I didn't need a word of knowledge because I saw her grimacing. So I said, um, have you got back pain? Because we've seen backs healed all the time. Some are instant and some take time um, and that's still challenging to work out. But again, he's good. So I said, have you got back pain? She says, yep. And I said, and I didn't say anything. And, and then we paid and then the guy was paying. I saw he only had two packs of chips, so that's quick. So he paid, and then we went back over. Bella was playing with the, the dog that you put money in, um, and we, we all came over, and I said, hey, might be super strange, but I'm a Christian and love praying for people. I'd love to pray for your back. Often I'll ask to put my hand on, because Jesus said, lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. So we, we do that, but you've got to feel out the moment and be sensitive to people and honour people, and she's working, so that's a whole other thing. So all this is happening, and there's so many reasons why not. There's, there's a list of reasons why not. Why not pray? Often more than in that moment of reasons to pray. So it's easiest to go off and go, it's okay, God still loves me. Of course he does. But again, we're, we're becoming the people that can handle the dream. He's doing stuff in us. And, and I prayed a, a simple prayer, like 10-second prayer. And... Um, and this is what she did. I, I said something like, I declare the pain to go. Because Jesus said, don't pray for the sick, just heal them. So we just command the sick, um, the pain to leave. And I, and I just stood back and the kids are there and I'm, I'm like this. And I'm a bit of banter and, you know, let's be f- fun and enjoyable around people. Let's not be so serious. And I said, and she goes, that's weird. She goes, that's weird. Oh, That's weird. And I'm like, it's the best because you're just like, oh, yeah, come on. And I'm like, and I'm starting to, you know, tease her a bit because she said that's weird three times. Um, and I'm like, what's going on? And she goes, that's weird, said it again. And I'm like, how's the pain? She goes, it's all gone. And I'm like, that's awesome. Can we celebrate Jesus? Um, and, um, and then I just said to her, I just said, hey, God's challenging what you think about uh, what did I say? I said, God's challenging what you think about Jesus. I said, he's way better than you think. 
It's such a big deal. I was in KFC drive through without your judgment. Um, <laughs> what, what a fast food. <laughs> Gee, that crispy chicken so great. So I was, isn't it great, home? Um, so um, I was going through KFC drive through and I pulled up to the late, and her name was Leah from memory. I think I can still see that in my mind. Leah, L-E-A-H. Um, and I said, and then just said, um, do your parents go to church? Because that's what I thought. And she goes, yeah, but not anymore. And I said, hey, can I encourage you? Jesus sees you and he loves you. And mate, you should have seen her face. Just incredible. And then I paid and kept going. And she's just like, uh, almost someone had to take over. She turned into a robot because it hit her so hard. So it's just these moments. So we're on a journey, aren't we? We're on a journey and it's all good. And, and, and he's patient and kind with you on the journey. We've got a goal of seeing his purpose fulfilled on the earth. We've got this corporate collective goal that we want to see everything that's in his heart come to pass on the earth. It's a big list. It's a great list. It's a really clear list. There's no confusion in the list. We make, we confuse the list by attaching our past experience with what he's said and mix it all up and are governed by if we've seen it, then it'll happen rather than if he said it, it'll happen. So we're in this tension. Life's a big tension. Oh, this year we've been talking about embracing the journey. I'm not going to talk long today. Because I'm on a journey myself with this whole deal about hearing God and moving in kindness and power. I really feel like he's, he's wanting the church to move in kindness and power. Not judging, loving people for where they are at in life. Loving them for whatever they believe. Because he died for the world. He didn't just die for Christians. He died for everyone. He forgave the whole world. And, and, and what's required is for people to activate that promise. Because it's already been done. It's finished. It's over. He's dealt with the sin of the world. But people don't know it. That's amazing, isn't it? That he's already dealt with the, the, the sin of the whole world. He's dealt with every single person on the planet's mistakes Shame and guilt and poor choices, fear. He's dealt with it all, but what's required is this incredible thing called belief, this thing called agreement, this thing called I believe that this is true and activating the promise so that transformation can come. We've been talking this year about embracing the journey. Some of the things that we've been talking about is, is a heart to treat people, to treat all people like a mother and a father. The true essence of a mother and father is to see, is to know, and to love. To see people, to know people, and to love people. And it's my prayer that we can become that person that loves people unconditional, like there's no conditions on love. That we're kind and patient with people's progress. That we don't keep records of wrong. 1 Corinthians 13, the famous verses that we say at weddings. But it's more than a wedding verse. It's more than a verse that's set in schools that have Christian stuff in assembly. It's more than that. It's the truth and the reality of the gospel that is patient and that he's kind with you. And then he says, hey, tag your it. 
I've done it to you, so let's be that to other people, kind and patient. Learning how to have a process mindset and not just an outcome mindset where we're just banking on something happening, but rather being present in the moment, in the trial, knowing that Jesus is with us. We spoke about upgrading from slaves to friends. Before we knew God, we couldn't be close with him. Before we accepted the, 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 the crucifixion, the death and the resurrection of Jesus, we couldn't know God. We couldn't connect with God. We stood back with wonder and not in awe, but I wonder if he's real. I wonder if he's good. I wonder if I'm enough. I wonder if I would be qualified. I wonder if, if what is said sometimes that I've heard, I wonder if I fit into that category. I wonder So we spoke about that God actually wants us to be friends. He doesn't want us to be slaves. He's not interested in doing the robot deal. You do this, you do that, and then you'll be a good boy, and then you'll go to to heaven, and if you do this, you won't, and da, 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 da. Of course, there's consequence, but he's not a robot. He wants this relationship where we go upgraded into friendship, and the Bible says in John 12, John 15, that friends know what the master's doing. So when we go into places like IGA San Remo, I know what he's doing. I know that he's healing. I know that he's, he's speaking. I know that he's moving. I know that he's touching. I know heaven's heart. Why? Because he's revealed it to us in the scriptures. He's always speaking. We spoke about some keys for the journey is that we've got to give ourselves to divine encounters, that it can't just stay logos in the Bible, but the whole purpose of the Bible is to jump up into an encounter with the author. Because the Bible's amazing. It's the foundation. It's paramount. It's pivotal. It's critical to the journey. It's the authoritative word of God. It's not going to be added to, and we're not taking anything from it. It's a launching pad to experience him, though. If we only have our Christianity as a Logos thing, as a text thing, as something that's read and not experienced, we miss the purpose of the gospel, which was God coming in close and making his home in your heart. Amen? So we spoke about that, about the, 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 the necessity of divine encounters where God crashes in where words can't. We spoke about growing in humility to receive feedback. We spoke around the church name about that we are called to be sent ones. About replicating heaven, echoing heaven. And as I said before, the enormous challenge is that we live in tension. But I really felt like the Lord was shouting this morning and saying to us as a church and to people and even those that don't believe in Jesus, he's saying that you can do this that you can actually do this. The dreams in our heart, the dreams in your heart, the things that, the way that he's wired you, the way that he's put you together, the things that you think about when, when it's not all clogged up with things that you've got to do, when you've got time to think and dream, those things that he's birthed in you, those things that he's put in you, those prophetic words, those promises, like you can actually do it. You can do it. He is so for you. He loves you so much. He's faithful. He's full of faith. He's full of expectation. He's full of optimism. He doesn't have any worry. He's never anxious. Isaiah 40, 40, verse 26 says that his understanding no one can fathom. I want to read Psalm 147, verse 3 to 5. 
how's this for, for tension in, in our life? Because there's a tension between what we want to see and where we currently are. There's a tension with how we feel sometimes and the way that God actually sees us. Between living in hope, peace and joy and then the reality of pain and disappointment. How does it all fit in? And I love this psalm. Psalm 147, if you want to turn to it, that'd be awesome. Take a note so we can remember what he's doing and steward the word of God this morning. Psalm 147, verse 3 to 5, this is God. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages up their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. And then it flips over again. How great is our Lord? His power is absolute. And his understanding is beyond comprehension. I want to read that again. Can you see the tension in that verse? They're talking about the enormity and the grandeur of God, the bigness of God, the enormity of God. And then he pulls it down. He said, hey, he cares about our hearts. Psalm 147, 3 to 5. He heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. He counts the stars and calls them all by name. How great is the Lord? His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. We're on a journey and he understands the journey, but he wants to remind us that he calls the stars by name. He, the Bible says in Psalm 139 that his thoughts about you outnumber the grains of sand on the seashore. So he counts the stars. The Bible says that they came out of his mouth when he spoke. So we're talking about the stars that are uncountable. And then he talks about the sands on the seashore. You go to the beach, grab a, grab a handful of sands. A lot of thoughts in that hand. If they, if they equal thoughts, that's a lot of thoughts. And you could probably put them in your pocket and that's enough till the day you die. But just think about this. He is consumed by you. He's, he's, const, he's constantly thinking about you. And they're all good thoughts because he made you and he said, oh, it's really good. He gave himself feedback at creation because he's a God of feedback. And he created you and he said, wow, it's really good. Creation, it's really good. He loves you so much and he's kind towards you and he's patient towards you. And he doesn't actually have anger and judgmental hat on now. The hat that he's wearing now is kindness. He will put judge hat on one day. That's a reality. We're all going to give an account for our life. We're going to stand before Jesus, firstly, to see whether we receive eternal life. That's reality. That's real. Hebrews 9, 27, I believe, it says, it's appointed once man to die and then face judgment. <laughs> full on. <laughs> Encouraging Sunday morning. But it's full on reality. That's real. That's important for us to know. It's sobering, but it's really good for us to know that we're going to face two judgments. First one's, I'm not going to go into the details of it, but we're going to know whether we, our name's in the, in the book of life. Okay, so then, yep, we're through. Awesome. If we believed in Jesus, we're through. Amazing. We spend eternity with him. Great. Whatever that looks like. But then there's another one, and he's actually going to go through our whole life. That's going to be really fun not going to feel naked at all but the great thing is that um in one john it says that when we face judgment there's no fear because we live for him in this life as he is so are we in this world i love this tension 
that he, that he, that he, that he heals the brokenhearted, he bandages up wounds, but he's still the king of the universe. And he calls the stars by name. And I really feel like him saying this morning, you can do this. He set you up for a win. And the thing that is in the way is our beliefs. And we talk about it a lot, but it's really critical. Because we can read the Bible and just not believe it. We can sing song lyrics this morning. Lee can do a transition. She can activate the room. She can encourage the room. She can highlight what he's doing. But if we don't actually believe it, it's a massive stumbling block. And Jesus couldn't heal when he went into Nazareth. Why? Because people didn't believe him. There was familiarity. They thought he was just Joseph's son, so no one turned up. It wasn't because Jesus was praying like, oh, what is going on? There's no power flowing from me. No, no, it wasn't that. It was unbelief because of familiarity and no one showed up. We can actually do this. And we're seeing snippets of it, we're seeing glimpses of it, and we're seeing bursts of it. And it's really encouraging to see belief manifest. How is belief manifested? Through testimonies. With God, what God is doing in you, among us, and through us. What God is doing in us, among us, and through us. In the area of presence, in the area of health, and the area of influence. Jesus said a radical thing. He said, I tell you this timeless truth. The person who follows me in faith, believing in me, will do mighty miracles that I do, even greater miracles than these, because I've gone to be with the Father. So Jesus actually said about your life that you can do greater miracles than Jesus. But most of us don't believe it, if we're real. <laughs> it's a tr true like it's true that a lot of us don't believe it. That's true. The Scripture's true, but it's also true that most of us really struggle to believe this. And we put it into the, the Bible fantasy stuff, like some of the old stories. Nah, there's good stories, but we don't actually believe it. And I'll tell you what, when we can move from facts and information into a divine encounter around what the Bible says, he's going to transform our thinking. Because it can't happen if we just read the Bible and think something's going to happen. It comes from actually meditating on the Bible. What does meditating on mean? To continually say over. Meditation. It means to mumble, to mutter, to continually speak, to continually say. I love how Bill says, he goes, if, if God speaks to me about a verse, I'll stay on it until he changes the subject, until I actually believe it. And if it's nine months, it's nine months. I only read one verse. I'm like, we don't believe that he does that. Oh, great story. He doesn't do that. So it all comes back to belief. Because I can share a test I can share so many different testimonies of so many different things. And often in a room we can have, I don't believe it. <laughs> like, do you really believe that Jonah was in a whale? We've been telling ourselves we believe it. We read the story. Do we believe that when Elisha was actually thrown into a tomb that the dead person was raised to life. <laughs> These are crazy. So do we believe that God actually spat out the stars out of his mouth? Or is it uh, whatever it is? <laughs> I 
Oh, it's so challenging, hey. It's really challenging because we're believing for miracles. We're believing for authentic relationships. We're believing for people to see each other um, the way that God sees them. We're believing to see people from heaven's perspective. We're believing to see people for the way they truly are. It's really difficult. It's, it's really challenging to see people without judging. It's, a, it's really challenging to see people without stereotyping them. It's really challenging to see people for the way that they are. And what we're believing for in this church is that we would do family and relationship really well. Feels like we're in neutral, but I suppose we are moving at some speed. But the testimonies coming out are really amazing about family and connection and authentic relationship. But this is hard. It's not easy. Miracles, like we're believing to see the dead raised for cancer to be healed, for suicide to end, for, for sick kids, to, for that to end. But do we actually believe that it could happen? It's so easy, and underst- is it understandable? I'm not sure. I know it's easy to think that, yeah, we won't see it because of what we've seen. But I want to challenge you this morning that you can do this. We can do this. And, and, and there's grace available. There's enablement from grace, from him, for us to be transformed. And it's by the renewing of our mind. And it comes through divine encounters. So these moments where we're worshipping this morning are actually the most important moments. They're absolutely critical. I don't come to church for this. This isn't the most important part of the service for me. It's all important. We're not gathering around a sermon. We're not gathering around someone's interpretation of Scripture. We can't gather around someone's perceptions and someone's teaching. We've got to gather around Him. We've got to trust that He jumps off these pages out of my mouth, out of their heart. He's got, we've got to trust that we bring Him into this room. We've got to trust that we've all had history with Him during the week. We've all had trials and errors, but we've had victories and triumphs. We've got to trust that we're all working on our own with relationships. We've got to trust that we are all individually on our own, stewarding his presence and looking after what he's given us. Seeing our faith grow because we've all been given a measure. We've got to trust that collectively when we high five each other and go off into our spheres of influence and in our life, whether you think it's mundane or not, his glory is in you, his glory is upon you, and he's called you to transform the earth and to experience him all the time. He is more available than you realise. He's our ever-present help in time of need. The Greek there is abundantly present, abundantly available. So I love that when we gather, all of this is happening. And then we come together and we agree with what we're all going after together. And anything's possible. Anything is possible. You okay? Even greater miracles because I go to the Father. That part there is significant because I go to the Father. What did that do? It, it, it enabled the Holy Spirit to fall and be in us, not just come upon us. Relationship with the Holy Spirit, connection, intimacy, closeness, face to face with God. That's the dream of your heart, whether you know Jesus or not. 
you want to know, you, you want this God to be real. You want him to be real. James, can you jump up, mate? That'd be great. A couple of things of how he's made this available. A couple of points about how, how you can actually do it. John 3.34, the one whom God has sent to represent him will speak the words of God, for God has poured out upon him the fullness of the Holy Spirit without limitation. So the reality, the truth is that God has poured his spirit out on you without limitation. He said to you that you can do greater works than Jesus. How has he, how, he's got to back up with multiple ways with his promise. So he said something, but he's not only saying something, he's providing the means to fulfill what he said. So he said, hey, I'm going to the Father. If you believe in me, you can do the works that I did, but you can also do greater works. And that's how this whole world is going to be, uh, meet Jesus. If every believer believes that they can do greater works. Imagine the week, imagine what Southland cops during the week. The people that go in there and we've got 5,000 Christians just living, living their life, believing in Jesus, that we can actually do this. That it's not just the Bethel students that can do it. That it's not just them with the magical words that open up our life. I'm joking. But it's not just about these, these special ones, but it's about all of us actually believing. You can play, mate. That'd be so good. How, how good's James' haircut? I just love it. He's poured out his spirit on all of us without limitation. There's no limit. But do we actually believe that? That's the journey we need to go on. Man, it takes so much effort to live this life that we want to see. Like authentic relationships where we value each other truly, where we're for each other regardless of disagreement. It's really hard. It's really hard. I mean, you just think of your spouse and the disagreements that you have there or close friends. Leadership teams, core teams. It doesn't matter what it is. There's disagreement. There's difference of opinion. There's family upbringings and history and this whole deal. There's fears and insecurities and how we react to people. And it's easy to put walls up and say, no, it's too hard. And, and, and traditionally in the church, that's, that's what happens is we, we come together with agreement and we separate when we disagree. That's why there's denominations. That's why there's denominations. It's because there's just, there's different bents and different beliefs and I don't believe in miracles, so I'm going over here and we're just going to gather because we agree. Or I don't believe in that, so I'm going to go over here. Nah, I don't like that expression, so I'm going to go over here. And we've got all this stuff, all this diversity that's meant to actually create unity. Agreement isn't meant to create unity. Did you see that post this week? Agreement is not the factor for unity. Diversity is. And being able to honour each other in the diversity, in the uniqueness, in the different ways of thinking. Two Peter says, 
Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God has already been deposited in us by His power. So He's called us to greater works and He said that He's given you His Spirit with zero limitation. And then He said that that same Spirit has given you everything you need for life. And final scripture. Let's stand to our feet as communion can be handed out. Thank you. So how has He made this possible? He's given us His Spirit without limitation, which gives us everything we need for this life. Thanks, Frank. 2 Peter 1.3 Everything we could ever need for life and complete devotion to God, He has already deposited us by His power. And we could say now, so Spirit without limitation, And everything we need for life and godliness and to do this whole deal, he's given to us. And then we can go, yeah, but there's still a devil. (laughs) There's still evil, there's still a devil. Check this verse out. Colossians 2, 13 to 15. You were dead because of your sins and because your sinful nature was not yet cut away. Then God made you alive with Christ, for he forgave all of our sins. That's how we become alive in Christ. We receive the forgiveness of sin. Verse 14. He cancelled the record of the charges against us and took it away by nailing it to the cross. In this way, he disarmed the spiritual rulers and authorities and he shamed them publicly by his victory over them on the cross. Jesus. Yeah, we thank you, God, that you made a promise, but then you made a way. You made all these promises about what you actually expect from your people. Healthy to expect things. It's not a demand. It's not a burden. It's a beautiful expectation that heaven has for us because of how amazing you are and because what he's done he set you up for a win he's saying that you can do this you can do greater works you can love people unconditionally you can love people with kindness and keeping no record of wrong you can actually do this because I've poured my spirit out without limitation And he's disarmed, he has disarmed the devil. So the devil is now not a factor. Yeah, just as we step into encounter, as we step into engaging, God, we thank you that you've disarmed the enemy. And the only way that we have influence from the enemy is through agreement. It's through agreeing with the lies that he whispers, like you're no good, you're never going to be any good. There's a pattern developing. This is a history. You've been like this for years. You're never going to change. You're not enough. You won't be there. You can't be there. You can't do that. And these negative 
thoughts, these negative words, they're, they're lies, they're not truth, because God actually, that the truth of God trumps the lies of the enemy. And I feel like God is shouting this morning, you can do this. You can do this. I've set you up for a win. But it's all about how we position ourselves to actually have in our possession what's already been put in our account. Because the reality is, He has said we can do greater works. He has poured His Spirit out on you without limitation and He's disarmed the devil. So the devil can't touch you. But many of us don't believe that. But I want to challenge you, read Romans 5, 6. Read Colossians 2. He's poured out His Spirit on you and He's disarmed the devil. If we can actually get to believing this, it is over. It is done. 